Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow, Slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Here we go, Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. My name's Joseph Toscano, I'm hosting today's program. What's new, you say to yourself? Well, the definition of anarchy is not new. Anarchos, without rulers. Very simple. Anarchists are people who want to live in a society without rulers, not without rules. What keeps rulers in power? Inequalities in power and wealth. What is the anarchist struggle centred around? It's the struggle to... Devolve power, which is share power, and the struggle to share wealth. Very simple concepts. It's a society where everybody has the potential to fulfil not their ambitions. That's capitalist society where a small amount (laughs) fulfil them, but fulfil their potential. That's what anarchism is all about. It's about creating a secure, stable, inclusive, direct democratic society where wealth is held in common. Simple concepts, and if you're concerned about the way the world is going, I encourage you to continue listening to the Anarchist World this week. And I'll, I'll just do it at the beginning of the program, just in case you're wondering if you're computer illiterate like I am, you can always write to me at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. If you are computer literate, there's lots of websites you can go to. There's pipc.net, P-I-B-C-I.net. That's all about public interest before corporate interest. Download the application form, join and now. They don't care how long you protest. As you know, what they care about is if you uh, create some waves on their on their road to their parliamentary seat, and that's what public interest before corporate interest is all about. So go to the website. Very professional, slick website. Even I can navigate it. Pipsy, P-I-B-C-I dot net. Uh, other things you can look at my Facebook page, Joseph Toscano or. Uh, Joseph Toscano for the public tells you what's happening. Uh, you can go to the other websites. Would be defend and extend public housing, public housing, everybody's business. Instagram site steps to a home uh, that's been resuscitated this week. I understand. So have a look at that steps to a home. You can always go to the Twitter stream, uh, which is uh, pibci p i b c i underscore au, and there's always the. Infamous weekly bulletins from yours truly on the YouTube public interests before corporate interests. And hey, presto! So don't tell me there's nothing happening. There's lots of things happening. The only problem is you're not there. You're not there. I go to these things and I don't see you there. 
I, I talk about public interest before corporate interests, and I don't see you signing up. Don't even hear you signing up. So, if you want to make a change, this is a possibility. If you don't want to make a change, you're happy with the status quo, you keep counting your franking dividends and you neg- and uh, increase your negatively geared properties and you'll do well. Okay, let's move on. Now, I've always been a great fan of the Spanish Inquisition because over a short period of time, 35,000 people were basically tortured to death. And it was all about God, you know, it's all about God. Well... I've just seen a 21st century Inquisition, the beginning of a 21st century Inquisition, Morrison's 21st century Inquisition. Now, I remember seeing the Blue Brothers when I was a a young lad, and they were on a mission from God to save an orphanage or a school. I've forgotten which it was. It doesn't really matter. But they were on a mission from God to help the underprivileged. Well, the exploited. I don't use the word underprivileged. The exploited. And they did it. Well, when it comes to Morrison and his brand of a happy, clappy, happy, clappy, Bible-bashing Christianity, he's on a mission from God because he's been re-elected as Prime Minister. Well, he wasn't elected. His government's been re-elected as a, as a government. He's the Prime Minister of that government. Nobody thought he was going to be re-elected, including himself. So he knows he's on a mission from God. But somehow the Morrison-led government is now introducing an inquisition. And this inquisition isn't aimed at the rich and powerful. It's not aimed at those that exploit other people and enrich themselves at the uh, expense of the community and the nation and individuals in our society. It's aimed at the very people who need the most support. So Morrison's 21st century inquisition, unlike the Blue Brothers' mission from God quest, is a quest to enrich those who are enriched and punish those who, for a variety of reasons, find they cannot live the Australian dream. And the thing is, we've now reached a stage where we're talking about the deserving poor and the undeserving poor, that beautiful 19th century concept before the introduction of a universal social security system in the 20th century in Western society. The deserving poor and the undeserving poor. And the deserving poor are those who are willing to, you know, kowtow, you know, do the right thing by those in authority, uh, show the right amount of respect, and the undeserving poor are those who kind of go their own way and are not willing to show that respect to those who rule. So this is a real inquisition. And if you don't think it's a real inquisition, think of the fate of a number of groups of people in our society. The 30% of Australians rely on Social Security benefits to survive, especially those on a new start, youth allowance, single parents or disability support pension, to a lesser extent, old age pension. But even they have been targeted because now everybody's supposed to be a self-funded retiree. And it's an inquisition which is cruel for the sake of being cruel. And it's quite interesting to see, although the population has increased by about 2.5 million, or around 2 million since 2014, sorry, 1.5 million since 2014, the actual number of people who are receiving uh, government support through the social security system has actually decreased. So the population's increased, but the amount of people have decreased, not because 
of job opportunities because unemployment has remained stable around 5%. You know, if you work one hour in a fortnight, then you're considered to be employed. But underemployment has been increasing now. We've got one in 11 Australians who'd like to do a little bit more work but can't because the work isn't there. But so this is an inquisition. The inquisition was cruel and it was cruel for a reason. It was cruel to reinforce the power of the Roman Catholic Church, which had just expelled uh, the Muslims from Spain after an 800-year occupation, southern Spain. So this Morrison 21st century inquisition is cruel, and it's unnecessary cruel, and it continues to put hurdles in front of some of the most exploited people in our society. And the tragedy is that this 21st century inquisition, we have a cheer squad. And that cheer squad includes many Australians who are working or retired who believe the propaganda which spews out of the mouths of the corporate-owned media and the government guild at ABC. I cannot believe, and I've been around a long time, almost 68 years on the planet, I cannot believe the hatred, the hatred which spews forth as comment regarding people on social security benefits, regarding trade unionists, the 1.4 million Australians who are still members of trade unions who are considered somehow to be criminals. The hatred which is fostered by the government through the corporate-owned media and the government guild at ABC and the corporate sector towards people who in a significant number of cases find themselves in difficult situation not of their own making. And people wonder why we have a record number of suicides in this country, why we have an increasing amount of anxiety in this country, while children in this country are finding themselves in, a, in stressful situations, and the list goes on and on and on and on. Because in every available social indicator, we can actually see that the mental health of society is diminishing. And unfortunately, this hatred which fosters the climate which allows the introduction of legislation, which is inherently cruel, which is directed at people who are in no position to defend themselves because of their marginal situation, continues to be spewed out on a daily basis. If I hear the word welfare used once again in the government-gilded ABC, I'll vomit, and I'll be vomiting so much today if I turn it on that I'll need to be admitted because I'll be dehydrated and I'll need a drip in a bloody catheter. Just extraordinary. The welfare car. Now, remember... Words are used to humiliate people, to marginalise people, to exclude them from society. And we are seeing a concerted effort by that small section of society that determines 
parliamentary policy to criminalise, dehumanise, marginalise and exclude an increasing number of Australians. And those of us who've got jobs, those people who are working, find, you know, they shouldn't be laughing, pointing the finger, because it doesn't take much to find yourself in the same situation where you will be subjected to the same cruel, dehumanising system which is specifically underfunded to ensure that people drop out because they don't care. If you think Mr Morrison and his 21st century inquisition and his Liberal National Party supporters actually care what happens to you and your children and their children while you're dreaming. And, you know, maybe I'm cruel myself because I look at what's happening in society, and I see how people continue to vote for the same people over and over again. The most recent example is the poverty, not of just of life, but of medical services in regional Australia. And in every one of those electorates, you will either find a National Party member or a Liberal Party member who's been there for years, decades in some cases. And you see people trooping out every every election, you know, voting for the same mugs because somehow they're there to protect them. It's just extraordinary. So we are seeing, we are reaping the benefits of a Morrison-led government. We are reaping the benefits of a happy clapper parliament house. We are reaping the benefits of the fear which gripped the Australian people during the last election campaign in May regarding their franking credits. We are reaping those benefits of division and hatred which is fostered in the community. We are reaping those benefits and those benefits are the introduction of more and more and more and more and more repressive legislation which is designed to humiliate, marginalise and exclude an increasing number of Australians. When people talk about the Chinese Communist Party and how cruel they are in Hong Kong, you just see what happens in this country on the 20th of September when there is a mass strike by students regarding climate change, high school students. See what happens on the 7th of October when there'll be a mass protests regarding climate change. And the list goes on and on. And you will find the crocodile tears which this government cries for the Hong Kong protesters will not be bestowed on you. And if you want any, if you don't believe me, look at the repressive so-called, you like this, vegan terrorist legislation. That's right. That's been rushed through Parliament, which is designed to protect farmers from all these vegan terrorists waving vegan sausages in the air. Extraordinary. Just extraordinary. But the thing about Australia is you can do it because our Constitution protects us against nothing. There are no inherent rights in our Constitution worth talking about. So, 
So this mission from God, what is this mission from God? Is it to enrich the powerful? Is it to ensure that we close our eyes to the damage that climate change is causing in front of our own eyes? Is this mission from God that the Morrison-led 21st century Inquisition is involved on? Is it about destroying the trade union movement by introducing legislation which will make it easy, very easy for them to get rid of unionists they don't like because they're a little bit too militant? What's it about? What's this mission from God about? And if you think I'm kidding when I'm talking about an inquisition, if you're not on a social security benefit, I'd like you to go on a social security benefit. I'd like to see you on it. I'd like to see how you will cope with a new start allowance once you've used all your savings, obviously. Or if you're trying to get an old age pension, I'd like to see you, you know, navigate the system. Navigate the system. And the tragedy about May 2019 and the re-election of a Morrison-led 21st century Inquisition government was the fact that it gave them the rubber stamp to do all these things and more in terms of privatisation. There are no more physical things to privatise, so you privatise services, you privatise Centrelink, you privatise increasing aspects of public hospitals, you privatise sections of the Medicare system, you privatise sections of the public education system, you continue the privatisation of the so-called public universities and the list goes on and on. So this is what happens... When we wait, then we wait for somebody else to help us. When we think the church or the mosque, you know, or the temple or the synagogue is going to help us, when we think the local government or the state government or the federal government is going to help us, or when we think some beautiful, wonderful philanthropist who's made their money by not paying tax legally is going to help us because we're the deserving, you know, deserving poor. When you think that some political party, some established political party that feeds on hate like Divided Nation or some of the more established parties that have been around for a century which have forgotten where they came from, like the Australian Labor Party, which has removed the U from Labor. When we think that if we have, you know, franking credits and negative gearing that somehow, somehow life is going to change. Well, it's not. And it's not going to change because we are the people we've been waiting for. We are the opposition. We are the people we've been waiting for. You are the people we've been waiting for. People listening to this program. People are fed up. People have been so dehumanised that they think there is nothing left and no chance of change. And that's the single most disturbing aspect of being involved, of being an activist. 
not just an activist in terms of specific issues, but an activist in terms of social change, even radical social change. The most disturbing aspect is that most Australians believe that you cannot fight City Hall. Most Australians believe you cannot be the engine room of change. Most Australians have forgotten the Eureka Principle, which is encapsulated in the Eureka Oath. We swear by the Southern Cross to stand truly by each other and fight to defend our rights and liberties. Because if you don't have freedom of speech, and if you don't have freedom of association, you've got nothing. We live in a country where there is no such freedom in our constitutional arrangements. So we can see Morrison's 21st century Inquisition grow on a daily basis, drug testing for New Start allowance. And the whole point is not to drug test them, to be kind to them and give them treatment, because there aren't enough treatment facilities now. It's about removing people penalising people like we see with the New Start Allowance and Youth Allowance where private organisations, not government, but private organisations make decisions which see people removed, have their benefits stripped away from them. End of story. And that's the tragedy. We sit back and we think, well, there's nothing we can do about it. Oh, why would I bother joining public interest before corporate interest? It's doomed to fail. Everything is doomed to fail. There's no point. No wonder we see so much self-destructive and negative behaviour in our community. We should be one of the happiest, fulfilled societies on the face of the earth possibly the galaxy, if not the universe. And I'm talking about Australia. 25 million people living on a continent. We cannot even take the first step towards reconciling with the people whose land and liberty and life we stole to establish this society. We cannot even take that first step. Our government can't even take the first step towards climate change. When our neighbours say we are drowning, literally drowning, and our islands will disappear, we offer them work as unskilled labourers. We don't acknowledge there is a climate climate change, let alone a climate emergency. Don't even acknowledge it. And we continue to support industries that continue to make the situations worse. We have a paralysis, not just a paralysis of leadership, but a paralysis of vision. Not just in those who exercise power, but a paralysis of vision in a society which is which is divided through identity politics, we have a paralysis of vision 
regarding the type of society we can create by making, as I said last week, major changes to the tax system. We have this paralysis of vision. We no longer have the will. And that's not our fault. It's not people's fault. What you need to create in a society like Australia is a feeling of doom, not despair, but doom. You need to be put on a treadmill, the work treadmill. You need to be loaded with debt. You need to be spending a third to a quarter of third and maybe more of your income and keeping a roof over your head. You need to be criminalised for being a union member. You need, you know, to be humiliated, marginalised because you rely on social security benefits to survive. And that's what happens. Divide and rule, divide and rule. So every day we see issues blow up which are really inconsequential in the general scheme of things, which everybody thinks are the big ticket items of the day. And when it comes to the big ticket items, there is no discussion, no vision. Now, the anarchist world this week is about hope. Hope. As I said before, hope is the love child of desire and expectation. The desire for change and the expectation that change will occur. The will to create that change. And that doesn't happen solely by waiting till the next federal election. Now, when you live in a society where every means of communication is dominated by the aspirations and hopes of that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication, and you live in a society where Parliament is basically little more than a puppet shop which keeps re-electing puppets. Isn't it about time that puppets who are willing to cut those strings were re-elected in society? Because... At the end of the day, you've got nothing to lose. This is the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. If you want to leave a message, 0439 395 489. 0439 395 489. If you want to write to me, yes, I do answer letters. Post Office Box 20, Parkville, 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville, 3052. If you want to join public interest before corporate interest, download the application from pipc.net, P-I-B-C-I.net. We're attempting to be registered as a federal political party sometime within the next six to eight months. We need another 100 members. So now's the time to join public interest before corporate interest. Go to the website, pipc.net. Have a look at the website. Have a look at the application form. Join more than welcome. A few other websites. Uh, Instagram, Steps to a Home, which is part of the Defend and Extend Public Housing campaign. Facebook pages, Defend and Extend Public Housing. Public Housing, Everybody's Business. My own personal Facebook page, which is a political Facebook page. Joseph Toscano, Joseph Toscano. For the public. Twitter stream, Pibsy underscore AU. Or you can go to the... Uh, YouTube presentation I do every week. The YouTube is 
public interest before corporate interest, YouTube, and the list goes on and on and on. So there are lots of things that you can get involved in. But at the end of the day, as we see in Hong Kong and as we just saw in Sudan a few months ago, and as we see all around the world, is that if you do want change, it's not a matter of begging and beseeching. It's a matter, it's a matter of taking that fight up to those who exercise power. It's about not just keeping those in authority to account, but actually challenging that authority. And that's where change comes from. If that challenge is through the parliamentary system or the extra-parliamentary system, doesn't matter. Or it's a combination of both, and that's what we encourage here in the Anarchist World this week, a combination of both. But that challenge needs to be made. You don't make the challenge, nothing changes. If you think somebody else will do it for you, nothing will change. Because ultimately, as I said before, we are the people we've been waiting for. We are the opposition. Forgiveness. Funny word, isn't it? Interesting, isn't it? How we seem in public life in this country seem to have lost the capacity to forgive people for mistakes they may have made during their life. This punitive, new, Puritan morality, which seems to be enveloping every aspect of our living. Where if you make one mistake, you're finished. But if you make one mist- if you make multiple mistakes and you exercise power and have wealth, you continue to flourish. It's quite interesting. It reminds me of the uh Seca, Setka, John Setka situation. We've got Jackie Lambie, the independent member or the, from sorry, not independent, a member of the Jackie Lambie network in Tasmania, a senator, saying that she's willing to sacrifice the rights of one point four million unionists in this country by supporting legislation that will make it very easy for the government not only, and this is the important thing, not only to deregister unions and remove members from leadership positions, but actually get access to the billions of dollars in industry-based superannuation funds, because this is what it's about. I mean, this anti-union stance is about the private sector getting access to the trillions of dollars or the trillion dollars which will be in, a, in these industry-based superannuation funds within the next four to five years. It's a big, 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 big little, you know, honeypot. So Jackie Lambie, Senator Jackie Lambie, is willing to forego, sacrifice 1.4 million unionists because she'd like to see one unionist removed from a leadership position in a particular union. It's quite interesting. It's an interesting juxtaposition, isn't it? So let's see what happens the next few days. As I said before, they don't care about you. They really don't care about you. You think they do, but they don't. There's all these committees, all these royal commissions, 
all these people you can complain to at the end of the day, it doesn't really make much difference because these are cosmetic changes. And then we see people getting involved in issue-orientated politics. And people get involved in issue-orientated politics because we've forgotten there is potential for real change. Not just individual change, but societal change. And that's the difference between the 1960s and 1970s in Australia and 21st century Australia. We have become a collection of individuals. We are not part of a community or a society. And that every problem that you face is an individual issue to which there are individual solutions and most of those solutions come from some type of access to the healthcare system. Now, I remember when I was a third-year medical student, I first came to Melbourne in 1971, that I did a little bit of a placement for about eight weeks with the Department of Social and Preventative Medicine at the Alfred Hospital. Now, you hear that word? Social and Preventative Medicine. Now, it was interesting to see those peak bodies regarding, uh, re- which have been organised regarding the prevention of suicide, are now talking about going beyond the health system. People are beginning to realise that anxiety, depression, suicide, In a, in a significant number of cases, is not just an individual health issue. It is not just an individual mental health problem. It is a societal problem. And we've now created the situation where those mortar which held the bricks of society together, have been removed in order to make a buck for a shrinking number of people. That mortar which holds society together, like a social security system, are being constantly undermined and attacked. That mortar has been removed in the race to enrich a smaller number of people in our society. And it's no accident that in 2019, as the economy comes to a crunching halt and Australian debt levels are just unsustainable and the system continues to chug on as we cut interest, well, as interest rates are cut, that as we see all this happening around us, we again think it's an individual issue. It is not an individual issue. It's an issue of social engineering. And we have seen one of the most successful examples of social engineering that has occurred during the history of the human race in this country and around the globe in the last 40 years during the deregulation, privatisation, globalisation, 
and corporatisation tsunami which has inundated not only the land but our minds and our souls and our ability to interact. When you sit down at a coffee shop and you're having a coffee and you've got two ordinary workers, you know, sitting, well, two workers sitting next to you talking about the fact that the way to get ahead is to actually get a deposit for a home, negatively gear that deposit and then continue living with their parents, you begin to realise that things have shifted in this country. And that's why Morrison can get away with this 21st century inquisition. Because Australians have accepted the wisdom that this revolution that we've been through will somehow improve their lives and that if we move the state from the equation and leave it to the private sector, it'll all be okay. And we've seen disasters that have occurred with the privatisation of the nursing, aged care, the privatisation of early education, the privatisation of uh, secondary and tertiary education. Now, look, I don't care if people are willing to pay extra to send their little kiddies to a private school. But what I do care about and what an increasing number of Australians are beginning to care about is that my taxes are used to fund private organisations. Not only to fund them, but to bankroll private organisations, giving private organisations a toll road, no, so a highway to the Treasury. The privatisation of uh, the old CSF, Commonwealth Employment Service, CES, Commonwealth Employment Service, is a classical example of what happens when you privatise an essential service and give it to the private sector. Where we see three or four large corporations monopolising that aspect of human endeavour and making billions of dollars at the taxpayer's expense and actually not providing the services necessary, just churning people through the system for the sake of churning people through the system so that they can actually make a buck out of people. That's the way it's designed. The list goes on and on. But we still have options in this country. It's not a military dictatorship. People aren't being shot on the streets as they protest yet. There are still some, you know, a bit of legal niceties. They keep talking about the rule of law. But the legislation is in place and the apparatus is in place to quell any civil, civil unrest, let alone civil insurrection. And that's their greatest fear. That is the greatest fear of those who exercise power. Those who have this bunker mentality that somehow it's all going to get out of kilter. Because currently you've got some people sitting at the table eating cake and flicking a few crumbs to the rest of us down below and we fight for these crumbs. 
But if one leg is sawed off that table, the whole thing collapses. If you tip over the apple carts, there are apples for all, not just those pushing the apple cart. And and that is their greatest fear. Their greatest fear isn't terrorism. As the head of the security said, terrorism, as you said, terrorism is not an existential threat to the state. The state needs terrorists to justify its repressive uh, actions, to justify the repressive legislation which has gone through Parliament. If there weren't terrorists, as we saw in uh, in uh, 1984, George Orwell's 1984, they'd create the terrorists because they need the terrorists to justify their position. So as the head of ASIO said a, few, a week ago, Terrorism is not the existential threat that society faces. The existential threat that society faces isn't China invading Australia, which is the big, big, big discussion at the currently, you know, they're getting us ready to get ready, you know, for some type of quasi military conflict of them and us, you know, scenes. It's not, that is not the issue. What they are shit scared about is exactly what the French nobility was scared about during the French Revolution. That those that are exploited, those that are marginalised, those who have no future in our society, those who have a precarious position in our society who rely on a job to survive and overtime to survive, when those people see beyond, beyond their differences and come together and demonstrate the power they have, That's what concerns them. That's why there's legislation in place now which can actually jail somebody for 25 years for being involved in a peaceful occupation in this country. And that's why there's legislation in place today which ensures that individual unionists can be subjected, subjected to interrogation, which no pedophile or, you know, drug you know, uh, importer would ever be legally be able to be subjected to. And the list goes on and on. And not only that, we are now seeing the militarisation of the police around the country. Getting all this new equipment, including semi-automatic rifles and guns, as part of normal issue in order to deal with public dissatisfaction. Because what they can't deal with is mass public dissatisfaction. The state cannot deal with that and keep the pretense that we live in a democratic society where the rule of law you know, is paramount. When you see the reports that have come out of the Royal Commissions in this country over the last few years regarding the illegal behaviour of the financial sector, the disgusting behaviour 
of the aged care sector, and the list and and you know the current uh, shamozzle in Victoria regarding uh, you know uh, lawyer X and the police involvement in you know twisting and turning the law to suit them, evading it. You can actually see what happens when people just sit back and say, oh, there's nothing I can do about that. I've got no power. I'm powerless. And that's what they want you to think. They want you to think that you have no power. I have no power. You have no power. But together, we become more powerful. That's what unionism, collectivism is all about. It's about working together towards a common goal. And that's why, as Secretary of Public Interest before Corporate Interests, I encourage you to join, because we need to exercise that power, not just on the streets, but we need to exercise that power in the parliamentary debate. And as I said before, we're an inclusive organisation, Membership is open to people of all religious beliefs and those who have no religious belief. We welcome people of all races, nationalities, genders and sexual orientation. We believe all human beings are born with inalienable rights and liberties. No government can legislate away or corporations take away. In many regards, our criteria for membership is a criteria for membership you know, of the Eureka Rebellion. Because don't think the Eureka Rebellion started on the 3rd of December and finished on the 3rd of December 1854. The ripples of that rebellion continued to be felt in Australian society in 2019. And as I said last week, if you know, every year the Reclaim the Radical Spirit of the Eureka Rebellion Celebrations Committee, which is a which is formed by the Anarchist Institute, holds a one-day celebration in Ballarat to mark that day and to mark that day, not just in terms of what it meant for 1854, but what it means in 2019. And we encourage you to attend. But more importantly, currently, we are looking for people to which to honour by awarding them a Eureka Australia Medal. Now, the Eureka Australia Medal, unlike the Australia Day uh, or the Invasion Day and uh, Queen Lizzie's Birthday's Honours List is not run by a private organisation. And we don't honour the, you know, people for being, you know, rich and powerful. We honour people, we honour six people every year whose lives and actions reflect the sentiments which are incorporated in the Eureka Oath. We swear by the Southern Cross to stand truly by each other and fight to defend our rights and liberties. That's right. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Because if you cannot assemble freely, if you've got no freedom of speech and you've got no freedom of association, you don't have the building blocks by which to build a democratic society. So think about it. Think about this legislative onslaught through federal parliament 
which is wholly designed to humiliate, degrade, marginalise an increasing number of Australians, not just the 30% on social security benefits, but those people who are working part-time, those people who are working, looking for work, but not on a new start, all those trade unionists in this country who are considered to be criminals in the eyes of this government, all those subcontractors, bodgy subcontractors, are exploited legally by their employers, and the list goes on and on. And it will continue to go on and on and on and ad infinitum until every last drop of blood is squeezed out of your body and the body of your children and their children, you know, to, so they can buy their, uh, you know, their uh, Bucatis. Think about it. Why is it that in 2019, eight people have more wealth at their disposal than three billion people? Why is it in 2019 that 1% of Australians own more than 50% of the wealth in this country, while while 50% own less than 1%? It's because we have allowed those laws to be passed in Parliament. We have allowed the corporate-owned media and the government guild at ABC to put forward ideas which immerse us in this gospel. It is a gospel. A gospel of exploitation. A gospel which says the more you have, the more you deserve, the less you need to contribute to society. A gospel which allows the mineral resources in this country to be exploited by a handful of privately owned corporations for their benefits and we kind of, we kind of like a little lapdog, you know, a huff and puff and pant when we get a little bit of extra taxation revenue, see the treasurer, Mr Frydenberg, you know, like a little lapdog go, ha, 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 ha. we've got some extra money because we've exported a little bit of extra iron ore to China because there was a big, you know, accident in inverted commas in South America and they can't exploit iron ore and the, and, and the economy has grown by 0.5%, <laughs> just like a bloody little dog, our little treasurer. But be thankful you don't live in Indonesia. We've just seen 85 people arrested yesterday and many of them were arrested, West Papuans, and they were arrested for the heinous crime of disrespecting the Indonesian flag. And those of you who've been involved in protests know that they would love to make that a heinous crime in Australia. Or in Thailand, where you can be jailed for up to 14 years for showing disrespect to the royal family. I'm sure Mr Morrison would love such a law in this country where you don't show any disrespect to the Prime Minister. As I said before, this man, the leader of the current government, as we have seen in the last few months, is a leader of one of the most manipulative and evil group that we have seen in charge of this country 
since Governor Philip began the colonisation process of Australia in 1788. At least other governments make the pretence of looking after the needs of all Australians. The Morrison-led government and its 21st century inquisition into trade unionists and those 30% of Australians who rely on Social Security benefits to survive is designed to cower you. It's designed to make you feel afraid. It's, the desi- it's designed to ensure that you be- continue to be apathetic, that you continue to believe that you cannot fight City Hall. You continue to believe that change is impossible. As I've said a number of times during this program, we are the people we've been waiting for. We are the opposition. And while people remain dispirited and dehumanised and marginalised and excluded and think the problem is with them, not with the pillars of society, they think it's an individual issue, nothing will change. So I encourage you not just to join public interest before corporate interest and download the application form, but I encourage you to look around you, see who's active, see who's involved in issues which are broader than single-issue politics, see who wants to make a difference, see who wants to devolve power, that's share power and share wealth. Because hope, as they say, not only springs eternal, but hope with will creates the necessary momentum for change. And that's what we need, momentum for change, not despair. You've been listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. Sorry, the program is broadcast around Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Leave kind messages on 0439 395 489. You can email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com or pipsy.net. Instagram, Steps to a Home. Twitter, pipsy underscore au. Uh, YouTube, Public Interest Before Corporate Interests. Webpage, pipsy.net. Webpage, anarchistmedia.org. Facebook pages, Public Housing, Everybody's Business. Uh, Defend and Extend Public Housing, Joseph Toscano. And the list goes on and on. Plenty of things happening. All we need is your participation. Without your participation, we'll continue to just be a broadcaster. Thank you for listening to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station by the Community Radio Network next week. Sorcerer of death construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World this week. Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday 
Listen to The Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, larger! You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.